Hello, good morning, good morning. Praise God forevermore. Wonderful day, wonderful day to you wherever you are in the name of Jesus. I bring you greetings from my family and from every one of us at the Lighthouse. I want to thank you for being a part of the church. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing in each of, of our lives. And as we grow this year, we are all going to grow together to the glory of God. I bring you the continuation of the message that I started two weeks ago, I know, three weeks ago, rather. In the beginning of this year, I, I, I laid in before you that the Lord told me that this year is going to be the year of exceeding growth. And the first service, we spoke about the fact that God impacted growth into our DNA. That when God spoke to Adam, when Adam was still in the spirit form, in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, God told Adam to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth. But God did not only say that to Abraham and to Adam, God said that to Eve as well. And I said that God formed the spirit of man first before he actually formed the physical body of man. And it is the spirit of man that God imparted the the DNA of growth, the DNA of increase. All right. So there's nothing wrong for you to want to grow. The, the desire in you to grow, to be more, to do more, to have more is the imperative of your of, of life. It's the imperative of life that God has imparted to you. Actually, it's the imperative of your creator, the one who has given that to you to grow. And then last week, I began to speak about the need to be intentional in that growth. That even though growth is part of our DNA as engineered by our Creator, our Lord God Almighty, our Father, we have to be intentional in order for us to grow. So essentially, think about it this way. Growth is a potential energy in you. You have it right there in you. But part of that mandate of God is to look at how do you begin to take that which is already deposited in you to begin to create an outworking of that to the glory of God. Essentially, what God has done here is God packaged within you the desire to grow, the abilities to grow, the skills you need to grow, everything you need to be who you need to be in this life. God already packaged that into, into your spirit. And then God now reveals that to you and says, Child, let us go and produce something out of that. So, you all know the story about the parable of the talent. The parable of the talent goes this way, where there's a man, a rich man, who had many servants. And he was going on a journey. And he gave one servant five talents, another servant two talents, another one one talent. And the one that he gave five talents to took the talent, went to the market, traded with it and made more five more talents. The one that had two did the same thing. The one that had one took that one that he had and buried it. When the master came back, time of reward, the master came back and the one that had five says, Master, look at what you gave me. I've, I've multiplied it. Exactly. I've multiplied it. I have dominated the earth. Take your thing back. The one that had two did the same thing and the master commended them the same way. The, said, the master said, Well done, you good and faithful servant. The one that had one talent, guess what happened? He came back and said, Master, I know that you like to earn from where you did not invest. I know that you are a hard man. You know what I did? I was so afraid. Fear was my predominant emotion. So I took that talent you gave me. I went out there and I buried it. Now, Master, you know what? This is your talent you gave me. Take your thing back. And then, over, and the master was livid. The master said, you are an unprofitable servant. This talent that I gave you, even if you know that I'm a hard man, you could have taken this talent, by the way, and take it to the bank, and you could have earned an interest on it. All right? And the master said, you know what? Give me what you have. The master took what he had and gave it to the one that did business with it. So when we talk about growth, what we're talking about here is about using the potential that is already inside of you, that the master placed in you, that your daddy placed in you. And you are meant to take that and go to the market so that you can trade with it. As you begin to trade with the talent you've been given, which means as, as you identify your talent, your gift, your calling, and you begin to put that to use, then you are going to create much more beyond what you have been given. So that when it is time for you to check out of this place, you will know that you have done what you are called to do. Your testimony will be like that of Paul that says, I have finished your race. I have 
done the work that has been given to me i have finished my course now there is laid in store for me the crown of righteousness that the lord will give to me but not only to me but for all of them who watch for his appearing what this is saying that there is an appearing of the lord jesus there's a second coming of the lord jesus and god is gonna when he comes back is gonna give reward as we have used our talent the coming of jesus the second coming of Jesus, or what, what the Bible calls when we go when we check out of here if Christ hasn't come and we we Bible talk about the Bema seat of Christ. The Bema seat of Christ is not to be feared for the believer. It's meant to be a place where we get reward for how we have lived our lives. But it's not what man or it's not well with what we determine whether we go to heaven or not. What determines whether we make heaven is, is because we have given our lives to Jesus. All right. So today I want to begin to talk about a, a, a new level of growth. Now that we know that growth is important, we know that we have a responsibility in partaking of this growth. What are the kind of growth that God really wants us to focus on? Today, I will start with the most important growth for you in this life, which is called the spiritual growth. Praise God. Let us pray. Wonderful Father, I thank you for what you are going to do this morning. I thank you for the ability to share your word with your people. I thank you, Almighty God, for the immutability of your word. Let your word go out this morning, Almighty God. Touch lives and change lives. Let your word go out this morning powerfully, O God, to, to remove every veil from our eyes. Let your word go out today, mighty God, O Lord, to encourage someone, to jack someone up today, to say, yes, I'm ready to run the race set before me. Thank you, Almighty God. May your name be glorified and your people be edified. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Now let us go to work. Praise God forevermore. Listen, people of God, there is a mandate upon your lives to grow. But the most important growth you will ever grow in this life is your spiritual growth. What do I mean by that? Listen, right there where you are, if you have given your life to Jesus, if you have given your life to Jesus, you have in you the spirit of god himself you have eternal life in your spirit that is what you have now think about that for a moment you you are carrying in your body right now the life of god himself the eternal life of god himself think about that encased in this body is eternal life and that eternal life is looking for expression of the father through your proclivities through your abilities to the things that you love to do eternal life is looking for ways of expression in prison in the orphanage in the marketplace in the church in the house on the street eternal life is looking for expression through you through you that is a big responsibility but it's also exciting because the eternal life of god has its own multifaceted uh, in dimensions essentially what it means is that that eternal life that's looking for expression in you is looking for expression in me through different means but god is trying to show his goodness through the people on the earth through different means and channels so that is the reason why that eternal life that is in you requires expression so God wants you to grow spiritually. But what approach has God put in place? We are going to look in the text in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. You know, before we go there, I want you to know that you are a spirit being. You are a spirit being. What do I mean by that? Right in your spirit, the spirit of God, that is the real you, right? But you are encased in a body and you have a mind. So you could say this way, I am a spirit being living in a body with a mind or you could say i'm a spirit with a mind living in the body now the spirit that, is, that has a mind that is living in the body requires this expression of goodness expression of god for the world to see what approach has god put in place for that to happen ephesians chapter 4 go with me verses 7 to 11 the bible says but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of christ wherefore he saith when he ascended upon her he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men now that he ascended what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might feel all things and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists 
and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body verse 13 till we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of god unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive verse 15 but speaking the truth in love we may do what we may grow up into him into all things which is the head even christ when you look at this text the bible says there's a spiritual growth required for you and this require this spiritual growth requires you to tap into the reality of who you are in the spirit so that you can do what you can manifest the fullness of god everywhere you go but god did something in this text god gave the responsibility to grow his own children into the fivefold ministry the fivefold ministry are is what what we you have here i've got it here called the um the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and teachers now this is not saying that other kind of ministry is inadequate no it's essentially saying god has mandated for this five-fold ministry to be the vehicle or the ministries through which his own body will be built up okay so you might have the ministry of help you might have the ministry of hospitality. You might have the ministry where your ministry is about giving money to build the kingdom. It is not any in any form less than these ones. Okay? These ones are just ministries that God has ordained to build up the church. So what is the purpose of the fivefold ministry as it pertains to your growth spiritually? Let's look into it. See here, the fivefold ministry has the following purposes you should have it on the screen as i call them out number one they are here to perfect the saints when you look at the text we read earlier from verse 13 of verse 12 is where the fivefold ministries uh, uh, importance or responsibilities are being called out so the reason for the fivefold ministry is what number one to perfect the saints okay that's where verse 12 starts from for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body so i've got here and you should have it on the screen the first mandate is to perfect the saints to prepare each one of us for the work of ministry to perfect the saints means to make us to become mature it doesn't mean perfect the saints means that you have no fault no it means to be matured all right to to, be, to get to know who you are more in christ and you keep growing and growing every single year all right that's the reason for the fivefold ministry number two is to prepare each one of us for the work of our home ministry which means say for example you your god has given you a gift to be a, 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 a gospel financier right i mean that's the gift that god has given to you when you are in a church or you're part of a ministry they should grow you up in that space you should be able to identify your gift in there and be able to grow in, in, in that space all right so that is what it means for, for us to be what to be pre to pre to prepare each one of us for the work of ministry i tell people all the time i say the reason for the church is not to have buildings and all of this stuff the reason for the church is one to build up the body of christ and send them out what do i mean by that when you come to church on sunday you are meant to be taught about your identity in jesus who you are now how you can grow you are meant to be fed the word of god you are meant to be fed the word the ministry of the spirit you are meant to be fed through prayers and through you know the, the tools and that god has placed in our care to use to build you up so that when you go into the marketplace you can demonstrate jesus you can carry a consciousness of kingship when you go to the marketplace so that maybe in your office they have a problem they know you are the one who solves the problem maybe in your business they have a problem around your your your, your territory they know that they when they come to you they will have a word of wisdom a word of knowledge a word of encouragement do you, you see where i'm coming from again the spirit of god seeks to manifest itself himself through the channels of men 
through you and through me. He wants to manifest himself through our proclivities. And that's why God did not create each one of us the same way. God did not create you like me. God did not create me like you. God created me and gave me the gift and the abilities that I need for my own calling so that I can manifest myself in that space. So that's the reason why we don't compare ourselves with one another. Okay, let's go back to the text. Okay, so number four, the Fivefold ministry is meant to help us as a body to have unity of faith or oneness of faith. What does this mean? It means we should all be speaking the same language. We cannot be saying, oh, I believe in Jesus Christ. And somebody say, I don't believe in Jesus. You know, there are some things that are um, important about Christianity. There are some things that are inconsequential. Okay. There are some things. For example, the fact that the blood of Jesus Christ availeth much. That is a fundamental doctrine that we must all agree on. We may not agree that this, this uh, God did not call us, by the way, into religious denominations, by the way. So I don't have to say, oh, my, my denomination is better than yours. God is not interested in that. But we must have something that is cogent around, we believe in the blood of Jesus. We believe that there's no other way to be saved than putting faith in the blood of Jesus. We must believe in the virgin birth, in the fact that Christ came through Mary was born as a man in, through Mary, but by the power of the Holy Ghost. We must believe in that. We must believe that Christ died on the cross for us. We must believe in that. We must believe that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. We must believe in that. So we must teach believers to believe in this truth so that we can have oneness of faith. We shall have one Father, one Son, one Holy Spirit. Praise God. Other things that are inconsequential might be things like, if I fast, am I, does it help me? Does it not help me? What's the importance of fasting? You know, if you fast, God loves you. If you don't fast, God loves you. You know, those things are inconsequential. All right. They will not take you to heaven. That's essentially what I mean. We, the things that will take us to heaven, the things that uh, uh, secures our salvation are the things that we must all agree on. So the body of Christ, the, the, the fivefold ministry must be teaching people about these things that are concrete things that are important. Okay, let's go. Then, they must help us to experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God through the right knowledge of the Son of God. It is important, therefore, that the body of Christ or the, the fivefold ministry teach us about the right knowledge of God. There's a wrong knowledge of God. I'll give an, an example. If you come to God, relating to God as if you are still under the old covenant, you don't have the right knowledge of God. You don't have the right knowledge of God. The new covenant is the final word is the final and last will of God. I think that we have a message there. You can go back and check it on YouTube. We have a message with, with titled The Last Will and Testament of God. We talked about the fact that God has put the new covenant as the final will. Final will, final testament. That's the way we should relate to God. So if you relate to God as if Christ hasn't come, Christ didn't die for you, then that is the wrong way to know God. To know God, you must know him through the eyes of Jesus. The Bible says the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 1 Hebrews 1 says, In sundry times, God has spoken to the fathers through the prophet. In sundry times, God spoke to the fathers through the prophets. But the Bible said, In these last days, in our time, or from the time in which the book of Hebrews was written, God now speaks to us in the language of the Son, which means the language through which God speaks to us now is the language of Jesus Christ. And that we must not get away from. I hope you understand that. All right, so God wants you to know that he speaks to you in the language of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Now, so when the Bible says in the book of John chapter 17, to, this is eternal life, to know God and to know Jesus Christ. Essentially, saying the way to know God and the way to have eternal life is to know God and to know Jesus. That is the way God has ordained for you to know him. Praise God. Okay, the other thing that the fivefold ministry is meant to do is to make us perfect to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. To make us perfect to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, the word perfect here is from the Hebrew word or the Aramaic word that means gamma. And perfection there means that we are matured. We can experience the fullness of who God is. So essentially what the Bible here says is that the fivefold ministry is given for us to become perfect, to become matured. So if somebody says, oh, the fivefold ministry is not, not, not required in the church, then we are not obeying Jesus. God put the fivefold ministry there to build his church up. Now the question that you've got to ask is this. When Adam was in the garden, 
does did adam need the fivefold ministry the answer is no why because adam when he was in in the garden before the fall he did not need the fivefold ministry there was no need for him to be taught because he was he had the fullness of the spirit of god his mind was not contaminated all right his body was not contaminated adam if he hadn't seen would have lived perpetually in that state where there's there was there's no sin to contend with there's no negative thought to contend to contend with you understand so therefore because he didn't have any of this to contend with there was no need for him to have the fivefold ministry but now under the new covenant we know that the issue of sin has been dealt with for us forever God sent Jesus to pay the penalty for the sins of the entire world. So when we put our faith in Jesus, God accounts into our account the righteousness of Jesus. So now we can stand boldly and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I hope you understand that. All right. So the issue of sin is no longer an issue. So why do we need the fivefold ministry? Because we still live in a fallen world. We live in a world that is still controlled in part, partly that's, that's by the devil. What do I mean by that? The devil has hold over people that do not know yet, yet know Jesus. And because you are living in the falling world, you are living among people that still don't know Jesus, you, you are going to get contaminated in your mind. There are times you watch something in the, in the, in the news, sometimes you hear, you watch a movie or whatever, it, it becomes a, a, a portal through which some things flow into your mind. All right? And because of that, you need to come to church, you need to come you know, within a ministry where you can be taught to think right. So that you will not get caught up in the stinking thinking of the world i hope you understand that so the fivefold ministry was not needed in the garden of eden but is needed today so that the child of god can be protected the child of god can live in this world even as a spirit being to dominate the affairs of life i hope that makes sense all right so let's go so the the fivefold ministry also help us to stop from being children and grow which is where i'm going the the fivefold ministry is meant to help us to stop being a child Apostle from being from, from, from being children rather and so that we can all grow. God wants us to grow. It's very important that we can grow. The other one is the fivefold ministry is meant to help us to stop from being deceived by appearances or every wind of doctrine, which means you are not you are not meant to be be pushed left and right. You are meant to be resolute in, in what you know, which I'm going to co- cover in a moment, what we call the foundation of our faith. Don't get away from that. The fivefold ministry should teach you to be resolute in your belief system, in who God is and in who you are in Him. Okay? All right. The other thing is they want they must teach us to help us so that we can speak the truth in love. We must love must be the, the forecrumb of our conversation. Love must be the way in which we relate to everybody. Love must be the motivation behind everything that we do. And truth must be spoken out of our mouths. What do I mean by that? As children of God, God expects us to speak the truth in love. What do I mean? You see, you can speak truth out of hatred. You can speak truth, but you are speaking it with malice in your heart. But you can speak truth out of love. You can say, look, I love you so much, but this is what God says. Essentially, you can tell somebody if they've done something wrong, the truth without without them feeling uh, molested about it. I hope that makes sense. Okay, so the other thing is that the fivefold ministry is meant to help us to grow in Christ. It's meant to help us to grow in Christ. So the focus for me today is about talking about growth, growth, growth. Okay, so God wants us to be led deeper into the experiences of Christ. Now, does he want us to, to have that? It is through the fivefold ministry. So when we talk about growing spiritually, what it means is that God will put you in contact with different people that have different giftings upon their lives. So you might come to our church here and I might teach you some things which is based on the new covenant. You might go in somewhere else and somebody might uh, be a prophet. You might have a prophetic office where they prophesy over your life. That's all right. Somebody might be an evangelist, you know, who is sent out there to go and, uh, you know, um, minister the gospel to people that bring people into the fold you know people who don't know god bring them into the fold you know you might end up you know either serving in that ministry or you might end up even serving could be your your partner with the ministry by giving giving money to them you know or you might be uh, functioning there you know actively or you might be somebody who listens to a podcast and you share somebody else's podcast to other people let me tell you a, a, a modern way of evangelism you know if you take this message for example now i share it to your friends 
you are evangelizing you are sending that message to where i properly would not be able to get to by myself you know so when we talk about evangelism don't think about it just oh i have to hand tracts in the in on the street actually the world has gone beyond that the world has gone beyond that modern day evangelism today is about using for example social media to reach people where they are you know there are a lot of people for example on instagram that you know you have this one minute video uh, 30 seconds video that will just pop up on, on their on their stories stories instagram stories and the word of god is filtered into their consciousness you are reaching people where they are that is the 21st century way of evangelism you know when i was growing up we used to take tracks and drop it in people's houses it's fine you know but right now you have to leverage data you have to leverage technology to get that word of god into people's faces where they are right now and if you identify yourself as a modern day evangelist or an evangelist who shares the good news you can take you can take some of these messages and share them to other people so that their lives too can be blessed they can draw closer to god the key thing is so that we can grow in christ praise god forevermore now i want to quickly talk about three levels of maturity three levels of spiritual development that will happen to any one of us when you become born again the spirit of god comes into your spirit and you are born anew. You are born afresh. Second Corinthians chapter five verse seven says, "If anyone is in Christ Jesus, such a person is a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new." That's what the Bible teaches. All right. But when you are born into the family of God, you are usually born as a baby Christian. What do I mean by that? Even though the Spirit of God is is not given to you in measure. The Spirit of God is given to you fully 100% in your spirit when you became born again. You, you, you would normally require to be taught, you know, about what, who you are in Jesus, what, you, what God has done for you, and so on and so forth, so that you can mature, you can grow. The same way if I have a child today, my child, that little child will have to be fed milk, have to be fed baby food, and until that child grows up to become a child that is now taking solid food that become then she that, that child becomes a teenager and that child becomes an adult that doesn't even need my influence in his or her life how do you understand what i'm saying so if you have a child you look at your own child your child goes through different stages right at the time your child is a baby she can she can she or she can help himself or herself you know you have to you know wipe the baby and take care of the baby wear clothes for them clothe them and bathe them and all that kind of stuff but it gets to a point when a child is transitioned or weaned as it were from that state that moves into childhood and childhood the child can do a lot of things by himself or herself but you're still involved in what they are doing you're still overseeing what they do all right then after a while they become a full-blown adult whereby they can make decisions by themselves right they don't need you to be checking on them and checking on them and checking on them if a child becomes an adult and you're still checking on them checking on them then that child has not really grown all right so now here's one thing i want to say if you have been born again for 20 years you should ask yourself the question have you really grown do you have a do you have a spiritual growth plan? Do you have a spiritual growth plan to say, you know, this year I want to be more intimate with God. By how much? Or this year I want to study the Bible more. By how much? A friend of mine told me this and I said, you know what? Actually, this year I want to study the Bible back to back. You know, I just want to do do it for myself. You know, that is a goal worth pursuing. I, I know there's a WhatsApp group that, I, that I'm also part of. I think they do Bible study. It's, it's led by our sister Sakemi. They do Bible study. Uh, they run through the whole Bible in a whole year. You know, and it is my prayer and belief that that, that group is touching lives, helping people to actually make a, a, a create a habit of studying the Bible. Because what it means, therefore, is that when you can make it a, 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 a goal, you can have a goal to say, you know, I want to grow this year by studying more of the Word of God. That's a goal worth pursuing. You know, again, you don't have to read the whole Bible in a year. You don't have to do that. But have a growth plan. It might be like, okay, you know what? Uh, for the next six months, I'm going to study the book of Proverbs or I'm going to study uh, New Covenant. You know, there was a time I, I, I did a study, you know, on the book of Ephesians. It blew, blew my mind. In fact, some of the things I'm teaching in the Bible study, um, when I'm teaching the book of Eph uh, Hebrews, I did a personal study of it myself for, for months and I learned so much. Now it's okay. Now that I've learned so much and I, it's working for me, let me now come back and teach people about it. And in our church, <laughs> for those of you who are joining for the first time, we, we took Hebrews 1, Hebrews 1. And we studied Hebrews 1 from verses 1 to 3, I believe, verses 1 to 3, 
for a whole year, for the whole of last year, 2021, we studied in the Bible study, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Somebody said, that is unthinkable. Go back and look at it on YouTube. We have tons and tons and tons of videos, you know, maybe, maybe probably, maybe 50 hours or 60 hours of videos on Hebrews 1 to 1 to 3. Can you imagine that? Just imagine that. That is a goal worth pursuing. This year now, we started with Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4, you know, verses 4 to 5. So we're in verse 5 now, right? But that is something we're going to keep on doing because we're studying, digging deep into the world. You must have a growth plan that says, this year, I want to know God more. I want to study God more. I want to have intimacy with God more. It might be your goal might be, this year, I want to know about the love of God more. People of God, you know why I'm saying this? If you don't have a goal, that you are you are you set in your mind to achieve in your work with the Lord. It's just gonna be you're just winging it. You're just going through through the motions. Don't be like that. Don't be like somebody who's just going through the motions. Don't be like somebody like when you look at your life from last year to this year, you haven't grown in the Lord. That is not good. God wants you to grow spiritually. Okay. So, if you are a baby Christian, God has a plan for you to grow. Let's look at what the Bible says. Let's look at what the Bible says. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 to 3 says, In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely, keyword, intensely crave, intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. For this quote-unquote milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. Especially now that you have had a taste of the goodness of Yahweh and you have experienced his kindness. The Bible here is saying, if you are a spiritual infant, which I'm going to show us an example of what does it mean to be a spiritual infant or a baby in Christ. I'll talk about it in a moment. If you're a spiritual infant, God has a way for you to grow. God says the way for you to go is for you to intensely crave the milk, this pure milk of the word of God. The same way when you have a baby, when the baby is growing up, if that baby is not getting nourished with the right kind of baby food, that baby will become malnourished. That baby will not grow fully. The organs may not grow properly. The part of the body may not grow properly. That person will be will not have a healthy outlook, healthy physical outlook. Does that make sense? The same way in the spirit, God said you need to crave it. You the same way when you are hungry, you crave for food. You God said you should be hungry like that for the word of God. God says you must be hungry for my word. Why? Because my word that you are hungry for will make you to mature. The only way for you to mature as a child of God, if you are a baby Christian, is to be immersed in the word of God. People of God, the Bible makes us to understand that it is our faith that overcomes the world. But do you know that faith can only come by hearing the word? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can pray yourself and say you are going to grow. You can speak in tongues and say you are going to grow. But people of God, if you don't study the word and note the word for yourself, your growth will be limited. Why? Because God has a way in which he has ordained for you to grow. Yeah, the Bible says crave, intensely crave the word of God, the pure spiritual milk of the word of God so that you may grow thereby. God says the only way for you to grow is to crave this sincere milk, this pure milk of the word of God. It means that in the word of God, you have the unadulterated pure spiritual milk of the word of God that will remove guile and deception from you. If you are studying the word and you're looking at the word with the right lens, you're not looking at God through the eyes of the old covenant alone. You are looking at God through the new creation realities. Every deception that the enemy tries to create to confuse you will be removed. God himself, our Lord Jesus, is the unadulterated milk. Is the, is the unadulterated milk that you need to feed on every day. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the, was, the word was God. This word is not, none other than Jesus Christ. So when we study the word, when he says desire the sincere milk of the word, he's actually saying desire Jesus. Desire to know him in the word. Look at him in the word. Crave after him. Spend time to study the word. 
I, I think I shared this thing uh, at the growth uh, masterclass yesterday, and and I said that I I, I found a guy on on Instagram. I think I've been seeing him a lot. I, I still don't know his name, but I, I like him. I like him. He was talking about the fact that at times not even at times that you a lot of time we're looking for motivation before we do something he said no that's not the right way to do it the right way to do it is to commit to something then the motivation will come i'm saying to you make a commitment that this year you will grow in the study of the world in fact i'm saying to you if you are on, watching me right now listen to this i'm you're not part of our church or you might be part of the church but you don't show up on midweek service i'm begging you i'm begging you i'm making a plea to you right now come to midweek service come to you see on sunday i talk and, and there's no feedback but i love people to give feedback i love to have conversation and say what does that word mean to you i remember one time i was i was in chicago and my 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 niece then she was living in nigeria so she called me this was the early days when i was gone <laughs> Just started to know about the grace of God and we started talking so I was teaching I've been teaching uh, a, a group of, of our friends where she was I think she was doing youth service there and then one day she called me I was in Chicago and she said oh I don't understand this thing and we I was on the phone I was on the phone I said open the Bible I started explaining what does this mean and I said and ask ask her what does that mean to you she will study she will ponder it ponder I don't really understand I said over again and again and again and then the penny drops so I got it. I get it now this is what it means that is what I love to. That gives me great joy. You know, when I'm able to teach like that, when I say, what does that mean? And you ponder it. You ponder it. You see, when you ponder the word and you meditate the word, the meaning of the word, the nugget in the word will be dropped to you. Don't read the word of God like you're reading a poem or you're reading a, an article or you're reading, um, you know, a, a novel or a fictional story. No. When you read, ask the question. I say, Daddy, what do you mean here? What are you trying to say to me here? When you ask that question and you have that kind of inquisitive mind, inquisitive mind, the word will reveal itself to you like this. Like this. Okay. So here, the Bible is asking us to do what? To crave intensely. How do you crave something? It's, it means you are hungry for it. The Bible says when you crave the, this word of God, this word of God will make you to what? To grow, to become matured. To become matured. So make a decision that you are going to come, start coming to Bible study. You know, my, my team may show it on, to you on the screen. The, just copy the Zoom ID and the paint and store it somewhere. Set, you know, set up an alarm on your phone and just show up six o'clock every single Wednesday. We show up there, we have a chat. You know, usually six to 7.30, we're done. You know, at times from seven, at times from seven, we can round up, but usually these days we, we stop at 7.30 usually. You know, and we just have fun and enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the Lord. And if you can't make it, go to YouTube and get the replay and just listen to it. Take note, ponder, ask questions. Come back next week and say, Davis, what you taught here, I don't really understand it. Can we go over it again? I will go over it again. That is how we are going to grow this year. Now, in this scripture, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 3, I want to see what it says here. It says, the reason why you should intensely crave the word of God that is able to make you to grow is because now you have a taste, especially now that you have had a taste of the goodness of Yahweh. If you have indeed tasted that God is a good God, you have expressed his kindness, then you should intensely crave the world that will grow you up. And that's a no-brainer. What essentially is saying is this. If you have experienced the goodness of God, if you have experienced how good God is, how loving God is, regardless of the challenges you may be facing right now, if you have experienced that, that will spur you on to do what? To intensely crave the word of God. Because that word will do what? Will build you up. Will make you to become mature. Praise God forevermore. All right. Let us go into what is the milk of the world. It says, let us crave this milk of the world. What does the word milk, what does it even mean? Where is it coming from? Where is the word milk coming from? The way to understand this is to go, let the Bible teach the Bible. Use the Bible to teach the Bible. Shall we? Okay. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 says, For you should already be professors. As in, you should be teachers, instructing others by now. God expects you to be teaching other people by now. I'll take a break here. Just talk about something quickly. In the church, this year, we are looking for people who would like to be love, uh, I call them love cells or home cell leaders. Essentially, what it means is if you want to be use your house for home cells or you want to lead a small group, we would like you to write to us, light at the lighthouse.org. You like to be a group leader. 
we, we are developing um, a manual for the home, home church. That way you can have a group of five people coming together every week to study about their identity in Jesus Christ. Actually, I'm writing, we're doing a manual f- which is going to focus on the identity of the believer for a whole year. Okay, I've not finished the whole year. I've just done, done a number of weeks, you know, but I want you to put your name down. If you think, oh, I would like to be there, let us know your name and the date that you, the day that you like to do it we are at the moment trying to build a new platform for the church like our, with our own mobile apps where in there you have the groups in there so we will set you up on the app you have a group and you can invite people to come to your own um to your own church uh, your own home cell you know like you know like in the olden days during the time of the apostle they break bread right they break they break bread they, they go to each other's houses to to share the word of god that's basically what we're doing so you might invite people in your neighborhood your friends to come around and share the word of god with them we'll give you a manual that you follow it's like a workbook that you follow as a leader's manual we will also train you you know train you about what it means to be a teacher don't be afraid about i don't know it listen nobody none of us knows everything about god we start the journey we start walking on water and then god helps us right so if you're waiting until i know the word before you start to teach other people then you are never going to start all right but if you say look lord i just i'm just putting myself forward i don't know the word but i know as i do this this word is going to teach me back this word is going to help me to grow then please let us have your name uh, you know your name and email address and the date the days of the week which you would like to be a home cell leader when the material is ready we're going to call you into a meeting you know do a session with you so that you can um, you can be equipped for it and then you, you, you we're going to set you up on the system and then you can start running running the race it does not it does not it does not um replace the wednesday service wednesday service everybody's meant to stay calm together on wednesdays so that we can share the word together but you should have another day where you are studying the word with a group of people it might be five people so i expect a number of you to signify interest pray about it all right sharing the word can you can never go wrong with that all right that's how we grow spiritually all right let me go back to this text hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 the bible says for you should already be teachers by now instructing others but instead you need to be taught from the beginning again the basics of god's prophetic oracles you are like children still needing milk and not yet ready to digest solid food. When you look at this text, it's saying, if you are still needing milk, you are still an infant. But what, what, is, what is the attribute or what are the attributes of those who need milk? There are people that still needed to be taught the beginning of the oracles of God, the beginning of the God's prophetic oracles. Actually, he's saying there's something called the first principles of the kingdom. The first principles of the kingdom of God. If you are still needing to be taught about the first principles of the kingdom of God, the Bible says you are still a baby. You are still a baby. Now, these first oracles of God, I would run through them now so that you could know that these things, they should be unquestionable concept for you. They should be concept that you should know. If you don't know them yet, you are probably still a baby. And if you're still a baby, there's nothing to be con- to feel condemned about. It's all right. The, the key thing is to do what? To desire the sincere make of the word of God so that you can do what? You can grow thereby. That is the key thing. If you find yourself feeling, oh, I'm still a baby here. He looks like I'm a baby and I've been born here for many years. What do you need to do to grow? The Bible says, desire the sincere make of the word of God so that you can grow thereby. Simple. All right, let's look at these first principles of the oracle of God or the basic, the basics of God's prophetic oracles. What are these things? Bible says anybody who is still being taught this is feeding on milk. And remember, there's nothing wrong with milk. It just means that if you are feeding on milk, you are still a baby. But God still needs to feed on that milk so that you can do what? You can grow up. I hope you understand that. So don't feel condemned. Oh, I'm still feeling on me. It's all right. Let's look at what are these first principles of the oracle of God. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 to 2. Verse 1 to 2. The Bible says, Now is a time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and advance into perfection. The Bible says there's a basic message of Christ. It's time for us to move away from there. But it doesn't mean 
the basic message of Christ is not needed. No, he said the basic message of Christ is needed. That is what is called the basic of prophetic oracles. That's what is meant by the first principles of the kingdom. That is the basic message of Christ. If you are feeding on that basic message of Christ, you are still going to grow. I hope you understand that. It's just that you are still a baby Christian, but you are still going to grow. So the Bible says it's time for us to move away from this basic message. The foundation has already been laid for us to build upon. What is the foundation that has been built for us? That is the basic message of Christ. What are these foundations? Number one, turning away from dead works to embrace the faith in God. Teaching about different baptisms, impartation by the laying of hands, resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment. So I want to run through this stuff. If I, if I run out of time, we're going to continue next week. All right. I want to run through this stuff to show you the first principles of the oracles of God. The first principles of the oracles of God. Number one, turning from dead works. Turning from dead works. You see, dead works are the attempts that we put ourselves in to seek the favor of God. Those are the religious performances that we engage in in order for us to feel loved by God, in order for us to think God will love us and respond to us. It is to have a performance mindset. When we have a performance mindset, we are looking at God as if God responds to our works before he blesses us. Forgetting the fact that God has already responded to what Christ did on the cross and God does not need to respond to what we do. God responded to what Jesus Christ did on our behalf. The only work, the only work that is needed in the life of the believer is, is, who, is the work that Christ completed at Calvary's hill. The finished work of Jesus Christ at Calvary's hill is the only work that is ever needed for you to, to, to please God. And the moment you gave your life to Jesus, you have put your trust in that work. And because you have put your trust in that work, you are meant to be separated from dead works. Dead works are works that we engage in, works of the flesh, things that we do to make us to be pleasing or accepting to God. But God already accepted us. God is already pleased with us because we have given our lives to Jesus. So no other work is needed. An example of dead work is if I fast, God will move in my life. If I go to church or if I don't go to church, I'm still a sinner. Or if you say, if I wear this type of dress, God will not respond to my prayers. Those are externalities when we put our attention on external factors as the means through which we receive from God. These things, if we live our lives by them, is going to limit us from experiencing the goodness of God. Praise God forevermore. All right. Number two, faith in God. Faith in God. The Bible here says, there should not be any question in our mind about who God is. I think I'm going to finish. I'm going to stop here and continue next week. Bible here, there should not be any question in your mind about who God is. You must be unshakable in your faith in God. Look at what Hebrews 11.6 says. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith living within us, it will be impossible to please God. Without faith living within us, it will be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that God is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. I want you to look at this text. It's so beautiful. God is saying here, without faith living within us, it will be impossible to please God. There are two faiths that I want to call out here. The first one is faith living within us. It's the faith living within us, all right, that we are able to please God. In fact, the word impossible there is the word impotent or powerless. But I would say if we don't have this faith living within us, this faith of God in us, we are powerless to please God. So because you have given your life to Jesus, because you are living by the faith of the Son of God, you are already pleasing God. I hope you understand that. So don't get it confused. The faith living in you that God has placed in you is the faith that you, all the faith you need ever to please God. I hope you understand that. Okay. So you have that faith living inside of you. So you are pleasing to God already. That is the foundation of faith that you must not take away from. You must not step away from Father. Father, you are already pleasing to God because you have put your faith in Jesus. That is the faith that is living inside of you. Okay. But the Bible then says, because we know we have this faith that is already pleasing to God, because we already know that we are living by the faith of the Son of God who died and gave himself for us, the Bible says we must now come to God in faith. That is second faith. 
okay this faith is the faith that knows that god is real and that god rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him essentially the second faith is talking about the fact that we are now coming to god believing that god is which means if you must come to god you must believe that god is and that god rewards you because you pursue him how that makes sense essentially what he's saying here there's the faith that we need to have to believe god there's the there's a faith that we need to have in order for us to become born again but there's also the faith that because we are not born again we know that we are pleasing to god we come to god because we know that god will never reject us we come to him boldly because we know he's our father we come to him the bible says this is because we know when we come to him like that because we know he will never reject us we know that god is real so the second foundation of faith is for you not to ever forget that God is real, that God rewards your work of faith, and that it is his faith actively, actively working in you that has made you to become close to him, that has, made you, that has brought you into union with him, that has made him to accept you as his own child. Praise God forevermore. That's about how much I can do today. Next week, I will continue this conversation about the foundations of faith because it's very important so that you will know that from babyhood to adulthood is God's intention for you if you want to grow spiritually this year. God bless you very much. Now, before I go, I want to do an altar call. If you have never given your life to Jesus, you have never made him your Lord and Savior, and this is your first time of hearing this wonderful message about the gospel, about who God is, about the fact that God loves you and sees you as his own child, I want to lead you in a, in, 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 in a prayer of salvation. I want you to uh, I want to say something quickly first before I lead you in the prayer. This is the, this is the, 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 the roundup of the gospel. Christ became man to die for the sins of the whole world. And as many as put their faith in that death, that believe that he died and he was raised again on the third day, the Bible says if you put your faith in that what happened at Calvary's hill, that he died on your behalf, he was raised on the third day, and that he's now seated in heaven. The Bible says if you put your faith in what he did and you confess him as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says you are saved. So I'm going to lead you in a, in a prayer of salvation now. All right? Say with me, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I believe that you came and you died on my behalf. You were hung on the cross for my sin. Not for my sin alone, but for the sin of the whole world. I give my life to you. I believe you were raised from the dead after, third, after the, three, the third day. I know, according to the Bible, that you are now seated in heaven. I give my life to you. Receive me as I am. Thank you for forgiving me. I make you my Lord and my Savior in Jesus' name. The Bible says if you say that with your, uh, from your mouth and you believe that in your heart, you're not a child of God. And I welcome you to the family of my Father. Praise God forevermore. And now, yesterday, I did, I did um, uh, a goal-setting masterclass, which was awesome. We had a number of people. We had almost, I think we had about 30 people, roughly about 28, 28 people, I think, joined the class. And I just want to say thank you very much for those that joined, that made the effort to join. Now, what I have decided to do is to give you uh, the ebook. I have an ebook called Your Best Year Ever. All right, you should, you should see it on the screen. I have an ebook there. I want to give it to you for free. This ebook, you know, goes for about nine pounds. It's not, it's not really a lot of money, but I want to give it to you for free. Now, I know yesterday I mentioned the fact that if anybody needs needs help around coaching, you can join the goal setting at the goal, goal achieve goal achiever system uh, coaching program that I'm running. You can join that. You might also see the link on the screen on how you can on how you can join the class if you want. We're going to start in the beginning of February, uh, but for now. If, since you are joining us in church today, you're part of this church, I'm giving you the ebook for free. You will see a link there and the, and the short code that you need to put in the discount code so that it will knock off the cost for you and you can download the book for free. All right, I hope that helps you. Please read the book and put to use what you have learned. Do your goals for this year and trust God to bring manifestation. Remember, action takers get results. When you take action, you are going to get results. So please do take action about what God is doing, about what God is placing in your heart. Do take action about these things that we're talking about. Don't be a hearer of the word alone. Be a doer of the word. The Bible says those who are doers of the word will be blessed in all that they do. Praise God forevermore. Let us pray. Wonderful Father, I thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for what you have enabled us and empowered us to be able to do today. Thank you, Almighty God, because your word, O God, has entered into the heart of your people. Let them leave this place, O God, with a consciousness of your power, with a consciousness of the fact that you want us all to grow. May they grow in the knowledge of God. 
Thank you, Heavenly Father. But next time we see, oh God, I thank you that favor and favor and favor and blessing and blessing and blessing will be will rest upon them in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Say with me, I am blessed and highly favored and deeply loved by God. God bless you. I'll speak to you another time. Bye. Thank you for joining today's service. We hope that you were blessed. For love offering, you can give to the church by using the bank details on your screen. You can also use PayPal by scanning the QR code flashing across your screen. God bless you as you give cheerfully. We hope to see you every Wednesday for midweek service at 6 p.m. UK time, every Saturday for prayers at 6 a.m. UK time, and Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. UK time. The replays for today's service will be available across all our social media channels at 10 a.m. UK time. Please subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels and like, comment, and share the messages. Also follow our social media pages to remain informed on all our activities. You can find the links to all our social media pages on the website at www.thelighthouse.org or you can click the links in the description box below. Remember, this is our year of exceeding growth. Yeah, here is a special invitation I'm extending to you and everyone in your family to join me on the 24th of January to 30th of January for a period of seven days where we will be praying and fasting over the goals we have set for this year. Prayer is absolutely crucial over your goals you pray over them you thank god for them in advance there's a mindset and attitude that you should carry when you're praying and fasting over those goals so that you know it will there will be an acceleration of the manifestation of that which you believe god for so as you start the year of growth i invite you to bring everything to the lord in prayer and fasting i'll be teaching a bit and i'll be praying on to, as well with you so that we can pray over those goals so that there can be manifestation this year praise god so on the screen you see the zoom id come in join us let us pray praise god and pray to god from the 24th to the 30th of january bless you Nothing left to prove. There's nothing left to prove. He freely gave.